You want to see the Mod Father in action? Well, now you can. Here's some upcoming dates. On Friday the 10th of November, it'll be the Forest Town Arena, Nottingham, for Hope Wrestling. That's hopewrestling.co.uk. Sunday the 12th of November, I'll be at the O2 Ritz in Manchester for Progress Wrestling. Progresswrestling.com. On the 17th of November, I'll be at the Paragon Martial Arts Centre in Magull, Liverpool for Fighting Spirit Wrestling. That's fightingspiritwrestling.bigcartel.com. On the 18th of November, I'll be at the T13 in Boucher Road, Belfast for Pro Wrestling Ulster presents Diesel Power. Tickets available at buytickets.at. On Sunday the 19th of November, I'll be at, I'll be at the Cates Community Centre, Cardiff for Attack Pro Wrestling presents Seriously Not Another Pay-Per-View Tie-In Event. Tickets available at attackprowrestling.bigartel.com. On the 23rd of November, I'll be at the O2 Academy Liverpool for TNT Extreme Wrestling. Tickets available at ticketmaster.co.uk. On the 24th of November, I'll be at the Rose Club Hindley Wigan for Grand Pro Wrestling. Tickets available at grandprowrestling.co.uk. On the 25th of November, I'll be in Italy for Rising Sun Wrestling. Tickets available RSWP. .altavista.org So come out, support the Modfather and the rest of the boys and girls of British Wrestling as each week they tear it apart. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 59 of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. As always, I'm the undisputed king of the mods, the mod father himself, or some people like to call me the pod father of British wrestling, Flash Morgan Webster, or more importantly than that, for the next 45 minutes to the hour, to the hour and a half, however long this conversation with Fraser Thomas goes this week, I will be your host, or as I like to see it, facilitator for all these chats, discussions, gatherings. You know me, I absolutely love that word, gatherings, with your wrestling favourites. Or well, some of them, some of them I like to call my wrestling friends. As always, as you already know, this podcast comes to you free of charge every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever, wherever you get your podcasts from. But please, 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 be sure to rate, subscribe, review from wherever you get it from. Because by doing that, does help me push my up those podcast lists, does open me up to new listeners, not just for me, but for my guests as well, because I want as many people as possible to listen to their stories, because you know, the more people listen to that, maybe you find a new promotion, maybe you find a new wrestler that you like, and then it builds and builds and builds the British scene, so not just for me, please make sure to rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend, do whatever you need to do to spread the word about this podcast, especially if you enjoy it, because it means that more listeners... And it means more eyes on the scene. So please be sure to do that. If you do want to give something back. If you don't say Flash. I'm loving the show. Then please head over to either MerchBritannia.com. They do some great stuff over there. I say it every week. But if you're a wrestler. Look for the best place to stock. Send. Design. Do all that with your merchandise. Because maybe you don't have enough time. Or maybe you're not at the point yet. Where you want to order 100 to 150 t-shirts. Maybe you just want to do them as they as they sell. Then all that can be done. At MerchBritannia.com. 
com. Of course, as well, all my new t-shirts are available over at morganwebster.pickartel.com. I have a few of the Rock and Roll is Dead t-shirts, and I have some lovely new 8x10s left as well. So please head over to morganwebster.pickartel.com and pick those up. I should be releasing a new t-shirt in the next week or two, and that'll be in time for Christmas. And I might have a few Christmas goodies in the pre-holder bundle as well. So please, please be sure to do that of course i say it every week but i don't expect you to give anything back i understand that money is tight especially now christmas is approaching people trying to save up and stuff like that so of course if you can't afford to do any of that then maybe just a cheeky shout out on social media i'm either at flash underscore morgan on the twitter i am facebook.com forward slash flash morgan webster on the facebook i am at flash morgan webster on the instagram and if you do want to book me for any upcoming seminars gigs events anything like that or maybe you just want to give me a little email and tell me how much you enjoyed the show i had two this week which was lovely i always forget sometimes that uh people listen to the show i know it's crazy but like sometimes i just recall these podcasts and i put them out and i see the tweets but then some people send me some lovely some lovely emails and tell me how much they join the show or how much the show means to them and i forget sometimes that i am able to speak directly to you fans for an hour every single week and that's something that a lot of wrestlers are not able to do and i'm able to touch and able to kind of communicate with you unlike any other british wrestler in the country so i really do appreciate those emails to keep them coming so yeah if you want to book for any upcoming seminars events gigs or maybe if you want to tell me how much you're enjoying the show then all that can be done at the email which is flashmorganatlive.co.uk again that email is flashmorganatlive.co.uk This week's guest is Frasier Thomas. It's a really good episode. Now, a lot of you might not know who Frasier Thomas is. I will put a little description underneath prior tweet connecting to my original tweet explaining who Frasier Thomas is. Um, he used to wrestle as Richter, so some of you old wrestling fans, especially you from the Southwest, will know who Richter is. But uh, yeah, he's a great guy, Tom is. Uh, he said to me when I approached him about the podcast, why do you want to do a podcast with me? Nobody knows who I am. And I said to him, and I say doing the episode as well, it's not always about me getting names to try to boost the popularity of the podcast. Sometimes I like to have people on that maybe people don't know or people who I feel were influential to me but haven't got the recognition they deserve on the scene. Yeah, sometimes I have names on here. Sometimes it will drag in new listeners, which is great. But sometimes I just want to sit down and chat with people that I like and people that I feel that need to have more recognition, more ears and more eyes on them. So Fraser Thomas is definitely one of those people. Um, we talk uh, in depth about the journey he's gone on from him being Richter and him being a 30 stone plus man and him now uh, being 15 stone. So there's a big journey there. We talk about him leaving wrestling and why he did that. And we also then talk about him coming back to wrestling and about where he is at the moment and where he sees himself going in the future. So this, to me, is more of a reintroduction to somebody that uh, a lot of you might not know in the uh, preparation for his re-debut. So uh, this is a really, really great story. And I think uh, a lot of you are going to enjoy this. So yeah, that's who we've got on this week. It's a great conversation. Just me and him chatting. It will Maybe it's the fourth one I've ever done, sat in a bed. I think it was uh, in the order of... Dave Mercy, uh, Jack Sacksmith. Uh, there's one more I'm missing out. Who else did I sit on somebody's bed and do? Uh, I'm unsure, but it's def- there's definitely somebody else. So this would be number four. That I got to sit down on Fraser Thomas's bed and do a podcast, which is always lovely because it's really nice and comfortable. Ah, Chris Ridgeway. There was the other person sat down on his bed. So there's four. 
But yeah, really good. Uh, so I did this and recorded this last night. Head down to Wolverhampton and recorded this with them. Uh, had the day off, of course, on Monday. It was a, well, relatively, I guess, we had busy, busiest week. Uh, in, in It's no longer weekend in review. It's always week in review now. So uh, Tuesday... I was supposed to be at Lucha Forever as I uh, recorded the podcast. Unfortunately, the key snapped in my car and I spent four to five hours waiting for the call-out people. So, unfortunately, didn't make it to Lucha Forever. Wednesday, then, I headed down to IPW where I wrestled Kip Sabian and it was a real fun match down there. So, great to be down at uh, IPW or One Wrestling down in Milton Keynes. Thursday, then, it was myself and the Wild Bull Mike Hitchman versus Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher, Aussie Open. The 198 versus Aussie Open. Unfortunately, that match uh, didn't go as planned. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Mark Davis got injured in the opening couple of minutes. He's fine. We took him to A&E and it was just a bad neck and trap sprain. But unfortunately, the match had to be uh, ended quickly. So anyone who ends up watching that, apologies for uh, it ending quite abruptly. But, you know, sometimes some people's health is more important than putting in a good match. So I uh, took him to A&E that night, spent a couple of hours there, got out about 2 o'clock in the morning. And Fraser Thomas popped down as well, straight, come straight down from a wedding. That's a good guy he is. And he picked up Mark Davis then so I could head back up to uh, Stafford. So, yeah, uh, that was Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday I had off, which I was very nice. Got to spend a bonfire night, of course. Uh, nice with the girlfriend and the rest of the family. And then Sunday I wrestled El Fantasmo at Revolution Pro. Great little match there with El Fantasmo, of course. Josh Bowden gets involved and uh, causes all sorts of chaos. And uh, I'm still not finished with Josh Bowden. I definitely want my eyes on that uh, Cruiserweight Championship. And a lot of people are trying to get me on Global this week. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens, I guess. But uh, yeah, that was my uh, long weekend review. This week is quite busy. Also, I head down to Attack on Wednesday for Thursday, oh, Wednesday Night Wristlocks, not Thursday Night Throws. And then Friday, I am at, I am at Hope. For Hope Wrestling, we're taking an Gale for the King of Flight Championship. And then Sunday, <sighs> Sunday, I return back to Progress Wrestling after what seems like forever. Where I take on Keith Lee. I've had a lot of tweets about this, me and Keith. Uh, I'm ready for it. Terrified, but I'm ready. I did say to them after Ali Pali that I wanted a match where I could prove myself. Because I felt like I... Uh, I didn't show my best self at Ali Pali and I want to prove myself. So uh, they're giving me the biggest challenge they could think of in the form of Keith Lee. So that will be Sunday and that is uh, my week in review. Um, I guess all that's left to say really is sit back and relax. What is a wonderful, wonderful conversation with Frazier Thomas. Trust me people, you're going to love this guy. I'm joining you today. By Tom Fraser. Do I say Tom Fraser? Do I say Richter? What, what do I? What do I say? Um, my name is Tom Fraser, but when I'm when I wrestle, I'm going to be Fraser Thomas. Okay, Fraser Thomas. If what you want? What you want Twitter at the moment? Because I'm, I'm uh, Twitter is underscore Fraser Thomas underscore because somebody took Fraser Thomas. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to call you Tom. There's Tom Jumbo. So many names. Yeah, they do. I, I, people call you. I don't call you Jumbo because in my eyes, Jumbo is a completely different person. Yeah. I'd occasionally, but, the only people that call me Jumbo now is Haskins is, and Jack Haskins, the little boy. Oh yeah, but that's, that's a door that you can call me whatever he wants. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll do anything for that little boy. Yeah. But yeah, no, you can just call me Tom for ease. That's yeah. fine, yeah. So, uh, 
This is a weird one because I know that when we spoke about this the other day, we'll message you and I was like, what are you doing Saturday? Yeah. And you were like, no, I don't know why. And I was like, I'm doing a podcast for you. And your first reply was, why would you want to do a podcast for me? Nobody knows who I am. Correct. No one knows who I am. But I think that's a really good place to start because how long have you been in wrestling? Um, I did my very first training session for wrestling in 2007. So you've been in wrestling longer than I have. Yeah. So I've been in and around wrestling for a long time. So I started out when I was 16, like, and I was just, I started out at Pro EV down in Gloucestershire. I've been there, great facility down there. I yeah. used to love going down there and using this the was, system, This yeah. was pre their good facility. This was in a village hall, but it had a ring, and I know a lot of people didn't have rings. Uh, this would fortunate. be, uh, Justin Sizem started in that town hall as well, I do yeah. believe. Yep. I was started before Justin as well. Mm-hmm. So I was, the when Pro EV decided to open their school, I was in the very first session with somebody else that not a lot of people know. But the very first session was Chuck Mambo was there as well. No, Chucky Mambo. Yeah. So, it, so when everyone said, because oh, he because he's originally from he's from he's well he's from Newquay, right? Which would be the via the, Wooten Underage. But that would in be South Gloucestershire. Ah, oh. so that I've known Papa. Well, I see. This is the thing. I know his original name, but I don't know. It's up to him. If you decide to do a podcast, he can say it. But I, when people say "Oh, Mambo" or Chuck, I know when people say Chuck, I was like, who? And then when I speak to Vicky, because me and Vicky know him as his previous name. Blooming heck! I need to do a podcast with Chuck ASAP. Yeah, you do. He's got. He's been around as long. He's been around longer than you. Man, these uh, these Projo guys. They're sneaky, aren't they? They are the only one who's the only one who's who's pure and, and seems to have not wrestled anywhere. Yep. Is uh, is Ginny. Yeah, Ginny, and she's and she tries to paint herself as the most evil person in the world, but she's yeah. the most pure and she's the most lovely human ever. One of them I've ever. I love, met, I yeah. love ruin, uh, ruining her gimmick. <laughs> but yeah, Pasta wrestles him before. Mm-hmm. Seb did. Sex Smith did. Yep. And now Mambo's just blew my mind. We um we did a phase in Fight House too, where we watched everyone's early matches, like in an evening, and it was it was quite fun. So we watched um Sex Smith and Osprey before they were. The big Will Ospreay and before was he Jason Sky? No, this is. I think this was just. I think he started. He was Will Ospreay on this one, but I think it might, he said it was like his second or third match. I was in one of Will's first ones, like yeah. two thousand nine or whatever. He was Jason Sky then. Yeah, and then we. It was against Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly. So you were down in. Uh, you were down in. Where was it? It was Gloucester, wasn't it? Yeah, in Gloucester. So I was down there and I started training in 2007. So I was 16. I saw it advertised in my local fish and chip shop. Um, just a little poster. So I wouldn't have known a single thing about it and had been on my sixth form break on lunch and I saw it there. And um, I went down and I was like, I was a bigger dude then when I went down. How big are we talking? 16? At 16, I started in a gym like around then I lost a little bit of weight then but I was probably around 18 stone see the, like even, even just laughing at 16 right so I'm probably last year was the heaviest I've probably ever been yeah I've, and that was 12 stone yeah I'm and jealous. no it wouldn't be last year it would have been the year before because last year I literally just weighed nothing because I was just injured yeah uh, but yeah it's beginning of 2016 end of 2015 whatever I was 12 stone that's the heaviest I've ever been yeah but like for you to be that size it that age yeah I was always bigger though to be fair like I started like so I'm I'm originally from London from South West London and my parents split up and my mum moved up to Gloucester and I moved what age was this I was eight okay so I don't really have much of an accent at all 
And no one can pinpoint where I'm from. No, you don't. Things. Um, but we split up, like, they split up and I moved up there. And then, yeah. But I was always bigger, always, always. Even at always that eight bigger. years old when you split? Even eight years old. Like, I remember being, like, eight years old and being a right greedy bastard. <laughs> yeah, like, because so my mum would say, like, sometimes if we were going out in the evening and we are going to, like, social events and stuff like that, we used to go for a little sleep. And we used to have a light nap before, so we'd stay awake for longer when we got to the party, so we didn't just crash out. But I could never sleep during the day, so my mum, my brother, and my dad would go for a sleep, and I'd just pretend that I was going to sleep. And in my head, I was like, I know where the biscuit tin is. Genuinely. And that's one of my earliest memories, and I remember going to the biscuit tin, and I remember eating 11 custard creams. I counted them out. How weird is that? How do, how do you remember that's your one memory? But then, like, did you not... It's really weird, because... I can't even like I I know you and and uh, like my my brother's my ex, my brother his weight fluctuates. Yeah. Was there no points? Like at what age would you turn around and say to yourself or go to yourself, "Oh, I'm um, I'm I'm quite like was you bullied? Was you I was um I wasn't necessarily bullied for being fat. That's I don't remember being bullied for being fat. I like get called fatty or something like that at school, but it wasn't necessarily something I was bullied a lot for. Um no, I no, I don't. I think that's more deflection because I, I kind of developed humor as like a deflection type tactic for things. So if I could, thought, if I just make this the stereotypical thing, if I can make somebody laugh, they're not, they're just not gonna. They're probably gonna like you more. Yeah, yeah, and I used to use like my weight, and I still use it now as like um to, as a reference point for humor, like my own. So like trying to self-deprecating humor. So like now, like whereas then I'll be like. Oh, I mean, like, I'd say something about being fat, whereas now I say that I've got the body of a drop lasagna. Or, <laughs> or, like, a melted candle, do you know? So, I just try and use, like, that way, so. But you also have the jawline of a god, so... It could cut diamond. It, uh, that is very, very true. Yeah. That is very, very true. So, you're, so you moved up to Gloucester at eight, mm-hmm. and then, is wrestling fan at this point? Yes. So, I remember, again, always food-related that I remember this. So I remember coming, like, waking up before everyone else, and we had Sky... Like we were one of a few people to have Sky. I can't remember which channel it was on, but I remember flicking through, and I, for the life of me, and people were going to hate me that I can't remember, but there's, um, that I remember seeing my first person I saw on TV was Bob Holly. Not a spark plug, but it was in, was he in Midnight Express? New Midnight Express? Or am I getting it confused? Um, I'm not quite sure. This is something they're going <laughs> to, at the moment, Twitter is probably going crazy. There's probably people it. just saying, I'm really bad with this. Yeah. Moron. How did you not know this? Um, but yeah, that was my earliest moment. I remember seeing that. And then I remember occasionally going through, and then on Friday nights, I think you should show Raw on Friday nights. And I remember seeing The Rock. And The Rock was just in the ring doing a promo. And I remember just being mesmerized, like legitimately mesmerized. And I was thinking, oh, this wrestling's not really good. And I remember they used to. I used to go through cartoons and not watch cartoons I just try and find wrestling all the time and I could never find it and it was only till I was maybe about 12, 13 that's when I started properly getting heavily into wrestling and then I was watching it and I knew when to watch it so it was on Saturday mornings I used to watch Smackdown on Saturday mornings and then there'd be like their Raw recap show yep Bottom Line Bottom Line yep with yeah and I used to watch bottom line and wish to watch that recap and then I used to buy like all like the WWE magazines and raw magazines and I'd use my lunch money on those but then like age 12 or 13 yeah I feel like that's an age where a lot of people are falling out of wrestling yeah which I think is a really weird one because like I got into wrestling at the age of like 10 11 mm. and I do feel like I kind of go into it like a 
like 10, 11, I remember getting really into it in year seven, that's the year I remember. But I can still remember that like at that age, a lot of people were starting to fall out of like love of wrestling or people were saying it's fake and stuff like yeah. that. And I just feel like it's weird, isn't it, how some people at this point, they grow out of it. And at that age is the age that me and you kind of fell proper in love with it and was yeah. captivated by it. Mine was in that period, so it's probably from about 2002 almost about maybe 2007. I, start, I st- started training in 2007. But then I, I stopped watching wrestling in 2007 because we couldn't afford it anymore. Got you. Uh, but then I didn't torrent, and I've never been a torrenter okay. like, at all. So I used to just... Um, so the advent of YouTube for me was really big, so that's how I used to try and find wrestling then. But um, yeah, 2002, like 2003. So I remember seeing... I think my very first pay-per-view that I watched was WrestleMania 2000. Because I remember um, all the rubbish getting chucked in the ring on Triple H one. So I remember that. And then my very first, from No Way Out 2003, that's when I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm watching everyone. And I used to sneak downstairs and watch it. Because it used to be for free on Sky Sports when we got it. Okay. So it used to be for free. And I remember watching, sneaking downstairs, watching WrestleMania 19 on like volume one. Like, And I used to move my sofas around on the sofa, like downstairs in my living room as close to the television as possible so I didn't wake anyone up and because I'd school the next day so I'd watch and WrestleMania 19 finished our time at like 6am in the morning and I remember watching that and then I just I snuck back upstairs and it got to 7 o'clock and then my mum knocked me I knocked on the door and she was like oh it's time to get ready for school and I went oh, okay cool and I just not slept the whole time so my mum used to allow me to record it yeah so I used to record it and I, she she could never figure out the uh the, how to record it yeah so i had to go to bed yeah but she would come and wake me up right that was the uh, i'll come and wake you up and you've got to go down and you've you press record and once it's recording you you're good to, to go it, yeah. no problem fantastic right of course i i want to record there was no way i was ever going to trust her to wake me up at one o'clock in the morning yeah so i'd, I'd be awake mm-hmm. and then i would i do it i go fantastic but then i go upstairs now my tv had one of those like like linked room things so whatever's being watched downstairs yeah could be watched upstairs Okay. So I would literally wait about 20, 30 minutes till my mum was asleep. Yeah. And I would put my TV on and sit and watch it till like five or six in the morning. And if okay. I used to get out of bed, it went off and I went back to sleep. <laughs> right? But the best thing is, I would watch the entire pay per view till like four in the yeah. morning, go to sleep. And then she'd wake me up at seven mm. and she'd be like, Come on, girls, watch the wrestling. And, and like, then I would literally, oh, yeah, I, sure. yeah. And I would literally have to, sit. well, of course, I didn't care. I wanted to watch wrestling all over again. Fun, yeah. But like, like a Jack the Lighter and, but. Mm. Because I wanted to make sure I saw it all because somebody would have a spoiler or look online or something like that yeah. in school and they'd ruin it. But yeah. I love the fact you used to do that because I used to do the exact same because that's all I wanted to do was watch wrestling. That's all I ever wanted to do. I remember like joining like fan forums and stuff and I did. I went. I never like backyarded. I was because I was listening to some of the podcasts about and I know a lot of people in Brit Rest like kind of went through backyard but I never backyarded at all. My thing was e-fedding. Yeah. So I did e-fedding instead and I just pretended that I was, I remember the very first character I was, like you didn't create your character, I was certain wrestlers and I remember doing promos with Booker T and I have no idea why. No you are, idea why. Very, you are very similar to Booker T. I am very similar, <laughs> we've both got that height thing, um, you know, we're both from Houston. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I just remember doing a lot of that and, and then eventually I, uh started creating my own characters and I'd say it helped me with my promos but chances are like I was always dreadful at promos when I was wrestling properly so I should just get somebody else to do it for me because my voice isn't exactly the most intimidating as a chubby chubby man so I just steered clear of it and I used to I remember wrestling I used to put on um, a more 
fake London deep voice. Can you do the London deep voice? Can I do the London? Give me. Some, I used to say, "Let's hear it for Richter." Sorry, I'll say that. And I, Let's hear it for Richter. And it's just that's pretty good. Yeah, just, yeah. But now it's like it's in my head. In my head, that's exactly you've done it. And I've gone. That's pretty much. I'm pretty sure that's the only voice I had for yeah. you until uh, you moved yeah. into the Midlands, probably. Yeah, probably. So, um, but I now know that me doing that let's hear it for Richter is the one thing that if I listen back to this, I'll be like, "Why did you do that? <laughs> you sound like such a twat." I know, yeah. So you started in, you said 2007. How mm-hmm. long were you uh, training then? Until I you, like, trained, so it was May 2007. I started. On mats, so not in ring? No, we're in a ring. Oh, okay. I thought you said mats. What you no, said? like we had a ring actually. So we had, um, we were quite fortunate. We had to set up the ring every week on a Sunday. And the ring to set up would take probably about an hour because it was quite a funny ring. It's not like an easy ring, like T Bones and the Hunters one that's really quick to put up. Was, that one was quite, um, took a long time. But um, started in 2007. Who was the head trainer? The trainers then were a guy called Brent. He used to wrestle as Atom. Nope. Um, occasionally wrestling under a mask as the Mexicans with, do you know Big Tall Lee from Pro-V? He used to wrestle. He was in the, the system for a little while. Really big tall. So they did my kind of Does play. Lee still wrestle? I don't think so. Okay. Brent definitely doesn't. He stops when I was just breaking in. Um, but then eventually people like Gilligan Gordon came down and Yeston Reese came down and so I'd say that Gilligan Gordon and Yeston Reese taught me the basics of wrestling and the fundamentals and stuff like that and how to wrestle as like a big guy as opposed to what I wanted to be was Samoa Joe to the point that very, my very first gear were the panel shorts I used to wear like a cut off t-shirt and kick pads and stuff like that but then eventually I moved away from that and I started just became well basically I was just an earthquake rip off so you literally you wanted to be Samoa Joe and I wanted re- to be Samoa Joe and that was the wrestling you were watching yeah that I wanted to be Samoa Joe because I remember watch, coming across Samoa Joe I can't remember I think it's because when TNA first came onto Bravo or something and I was like oh my god this is a new company because I missed WCW 2006 completely. and 7 as well probably would have been wrestling channel yeah So you probably I was... missed the wrestling channel oh right okay I didn't get the wrestling channel at all oh yeah because I was it... I was Virgin as opposed to Sky and okay. Virgin didn't have wrestling channel okay so I didn't see any British wrestling for a long time but I remember seeing Samoa Joe and he was a bigger dude and me as a bigger dude I naturally gravitated towards that because he was shit like he was flying through the air doing the, like the running one-legged kick and I was like I'm going to do that training um he was doing like the Uranagi out the corner and he was doing all these cool kicks and beating the fuck out of people let's face it and it was that's what I was like yeah that's cool I could do that and then no <laughs> I didn't I, it's like it just didn't make it didn't look right me doing it because obviously when you look back at some of the stuff and you're a bigger dude some stuff to me just didn't look right at the time because there was a very old school mentality in terms of like what the big wrestler can and can't do that's why I like Los Federales right now yeah you told me the same I way. absolutely adore Los Federales because him doing his tope pops me so huge every single time I see it it's like good you should be doing stuff like that see him take a reverse runner mental yeah him being Germaned by Vader Scott if I had taken a German from Vader Scott I'd have been chewed out like you should just some bump so, so I didn't so um yeah like that's why I'm such I'm a huge fan of Los Federales massive fan genuinely he is the man I love him he is I want to see him in more places next yeah year. same but yeah no, I guess it was that mentality where I was told that I, you know, I shouldn't be taking off my feet and I should bump once a match and the only the downside to that was I didn't really learn how to properly wrestle I'd say I learned how to do one dimensional matches 
and then like, I, w I couldn't do any layer matches um, stuff with different elements to it so it was essentially a lot of my stuff was glorified slam matches so I probably hold the record for the most defeats by slam matches ever like undoubtedly um, but that just that that's all I ever did um, I said like the only thing that I did to any certain level was I did do some stuff at IPW down in Sittingbourne okay but I didn't wrestle I was a manager for Gillian Gordon when he was with the Thrillers so there's some very old footage probably about 2010 of me on the sidelines protecting Gillian Gordon from Joel Redman so then like but you doing this stuff with Yes and you doing the slam matches mm -hmm. and did your mentality on what British independent wrestling should be change to what it is now or to what you thought it was when you first came in yeah I'd say like I I didn't really know what British wrestling was when I first broke in like, I thought that the way to do it because obviously when you're trained now hindsight I would have been done my training with those like with those and then I moved around and trained a lot and event I did do some stuff like I came up to the hunters a few times as well to do some of their training um and I did some training at 4FW not a load to be honest but I went for one or two sessions done at 4FW um which I can imagine the cardio was horrendous for you someone know what the like worst you. cardio was hunters I remember really? getting out the ring I remember being in the ring with Spud once and we were going through a drill and I was just saying to Spud and I was like just please just try not to kill me like blow me up because I was at that point I was probably about 20 when I went there 26 27 stone yeah and to think I got bigger yeah no we're gonna get into that yeah um yeah so I was probably about then but my cardio was pretty I remember getting out of the ring and just being like gasping for air like I was sucking on air so hard I was like trying to get as much oxygen as my lungs as possible but um that's the it was the style of wrestling that I wanted to do um I was I in my head I guess I was told that I wasn't ca I wasn't not capable but it didn't make sense for me to do it so I just didn't yeah and it was easier for me to do it that kind of style anyway where I wasn't going to get blown up huge in the ring and but yeah but then like you were that group you know you would have been a guest around about 2008 2000, about 2009 2010 mm -hmm. 19 20 years old and then. you would have been watching the defending wrestling guys you'd been watching the attack yep. guys I, i've heard of like like we were on a show together yeah um like we had this discussion the other day we did we, like we said um we we knew of each other but we never spoke like the first time i think we properly spoke was maybe within the last year yeah i'd agree with that which is an odd thing to know considering I've already known of you for like seven or eight years. I think, and I said this to you at the the, uh, the hospital the other day when we took Davis to the hospital. He's fine. He's fine. Um, Nelson. Uh, <laughs> that's his middle name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel that it was all... Well, Brooke said this to you, didn't he? Mm -hmm. um, but I feel so much it was like... Because you were with that group and it was the group that looked down on my sort of group a little bit. Mm -hmm and weren't very accepting of our of mm -hmm. what our group were trying to do mm -hmm. which is ironic considering our like our style is now the in style but i feel that because they didn't like it and they talked down about us and mm -hmm. you weren't one of those people who did that but you were part of that friendship yeah. group i feel that you instantly then to us i think we thought you were just one of those pe people that did that as well yeah so we just kind of maybe just stayed out of your way yeah it's it's one of those things it's just when you're younger you kind of you are more impressionable and and you kind of take that side of things like 
hindsight, when I look back at it now, when I when I learned that some of the guys like had paid for their flights to go and train places, in my head it's like, well, why should you be paying for your flights? Because obviously with that old school mentality, the promoter should be bringing you in and you should be doing that thing. But then in my head now, as a 27-year-old, I was like, if I had the money and someone said, come and train over here for two months in Japan and you go for two months, you get to see another country, live in another country, experience another culture for two months, and you come back a better wrestler. And you're, pro- and you're probably, probably making go- money. And you're probably going to make your money back. You make your money back, and essentially you've got not a free holiday because you're there to work, but you come back and you've got more experience. I 100% now, as a 27-year-old, would bite your fingers off for it. <laughs> do you know what no, I do. Like when you see people like that going over there and doing stuff like that, and like like the Pete's and stuff like that, like when he went to Japan and like we'd heard about him going to Japan, and my mentality at the time is like, oh, he paid for his flight. I mean, I don't know if that's the case. I think it might have been. I, I'm unsure. That's the one I'm unsure. But I don't think I've ever. I don't think I ever asked because I didn't. I didn't really care. Yeah. He went in Japan. He was killing it. I yeah. know that America. He did, and he openly says he did with America. Yeah, with and the, I guess like, as well, if he did with Japan, he probably if somebody asked him, he would probably say yes, he did. Yeah. Um, but I, I do not know for that one. It's, it's like the. Story. He was invited over by Mishnoka Pro. I know that. Yeah. Whether they paid for it, whether they didn't, it did wonders for him anyway. Regardless, 100%, but one hundred percent. If the the ends justifies his means, like the way that he got there, so he's now smashing it Pete's one of my favourite people to watch just watching him live just every little thing that he does is so clever like it's, yeah but yeah I like it. my mentality at the time was too 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 bred in the old school and I couldn't ha- I didn't have the foresight to see how British wrestling was developing but then if you look back at it places like IPW when they well Rev Pro and Sittenborn where they were when IPW yeah Sittenborn um the stuff that, that was getting over and more popular was the indie style of matches and I was in there and I just didn't know how to do those indie style yeah. matches. But because that, the people that you were surrounded with also didn't know how to do those matches. Yeah. So you couldn't be taught, so... Exactly, yeah. So I, in hindsight, I should have been going to other places to learn how to do that style. So like in 2010, especially like with the Fight Club Pro stuff standing up, starting up around that time, like I should have been going to these places and I should have been going to learn in and I wasn't I was I was still friends with like Haskins at the time like I was just becoming pally with him I'd never say hey can we come do this can we come do that because first and foremost we were like friends and he still give me advice and stuff like that but um but yeah you know it's hindsight and all that you, you learn from stuff like that but I don't I, I yeah so that was 2010 what year did you stop wrestling um, my last match was in 2013. So there's so there's a good like three years in between now. So what were you really doing in those three years? Just so I had my shoot job was car insurance. Okay. So I did that during Monday to Friday, and then got as many dates as possible in and around that. Um, but it just wasn't fulfilling at all. Like with 2013 is kind of like a shitty year because that's in when I was on my 23rd birthday. That's when my mum was diagnosed. So she mum was diagnosed with um she I we didn't know at the time but she was diagnosed with um it would have been stage three or four lung cancer and that basically means me studying it now that basically means that there has been metastases and that means it spread to the nose and it's gone to other places okay so at the time I didn't want to know anything about it so I just buried my head understand I went like if my mum doesn't want to know her diagnosis then that's fine with me but she was getting poorly she was having like chemotherapy and she was doing radiotherapy and I couldn't justify continuing going out on the road 
admittedly it wasn't loads of dates because I was just mostly local dates but I couldn't justify it going out at the time and I wanted to like be there for her because in my head it's like if it's the other way around she dropped absolutely everything to be there she'd be there every single time so I made the conscious decision to say I, I remember bringing it up with my mum and I said I think I'm going to stop wrestling at the end of the year and she went oh why it's not because of me is it and I went no it's just I just wasn't I just don't really enjoy it like whereas in my head I, like, I had to say that to her because I, I know her she'd be like don't you fucking do that yeah I got you don't do that but then like, did she used to come to watch yeah. matches again she, she enjoyed come, yeah she used to come like she saw me when I won the main Pro EV title thing she was there against T-Bone and she saw me win that and she used to come to my matches any time I was in Gloucester she'd come and watch it and they used to get big houses down there and stuff like that didn't they so yeah. you, you wrestled in front of like a couple hundred and stuff like yeah. that so that was that's fairly good for that time as well like it's in nowadays like a couple hundred is sometimes like if you, it's a bigger company it's like seen as a bad thing but we're seeing the houses that are being drawn now but then it was really good and they were always super hot crowds like family friendly crowds um, but yeah she's come watch me wrestle and um, but yeah I made that decision I, I think I kind of like in hindsight I think I was unhappy with wrestling I don't think throughout the time I think I enjoyed my first few years wrestling because it was new but then towards the end I wasn't enjoying it at all I just because it was the same matches it was the same type of match every single time and like you're not learning you're not developing like in my head I should have been going oh, well I've been in it six years now like why am I only still wrestling the same people like I'd love to have gone to like places that are open up like down in like I do more stuff at IPW but then I didn't realise as to why that was the case and I was just unhappy at the time and then I just decided to have my last match in December 2013 and spend time with basically you? with my mum yeah. well when you say go back to like saying maybe you're a bit like unhappy with wrestling and unfulfilled <coughs> yeah. I think it comes down to as well like we've always had it pushed on us that uh, you've got to be very goal oriented when it comes to wrestling this is something as well yeah. that uh, Hitch and Mark push when it comes to the trainees and he says mm. like I think for the first couple of months they just kind of let them have fun and you that's all about it's about yeah. I mean fun stuff like that. and then when the new year comes around they'll turn and say like okay set yourself three goals yeah. if you can achieve one of those goals that's great if you yeah. can achieve two of those goals that's fantastic if you can get all three of them done that's yeah. brilliant but Mark always says if you can achieve all three of those goals then your goal's not big enough and you need yeah. to be like, and, and I feel that you get excitement then in wrestling by yeah. achieving new goals and it does get harder and it does get harder because the goals get mm. bigger and they of course but I guess again it comes down to you I guess if, if you didn't have you wasn't in a group where they were pushing you for these goals I didn't have many goals then, I don't think. Like, now, I think, with my mum getting poorly, it kind of forced me to grow up a lot more. Yeah. And now, I I have goals for what I want to achieve in wrestling now, and, and in life, essentially, and it kind of forced me to grow up. And at the time, I just didn't have those goals, and I completely understand where you're coming from. But what I tend to do is I set mini goals. So I have mini goals, like, with my weight loss, I had mini goals like that, because it's easy, because you need that fulfillment. Like, if you have a long-term goal, and you're constantly slogging and after say it might take you a year to do it six months in you might think oh this is just this is taking forever but if you set mini goals well, the that's what you do this so like, for, for example yeah. like my I think my first proper goal I think was like when I, when I got to the point it was like okay have 52 matches this year yeah. because in my head I was like if you can have 52 matches that works as one a week I think I had one like that so yeah. that's like one a week and then like my next goal was like okay 
have a booking outside of Wales or mm-hmm. or, that, or maybe I think it was probably the other way around outside of Wales then the 52 yeah. matches and then it was like okay have a European booking mm-hmm. and then from there it was like okay now have a match with one of the top five promotions like the biggest yeah. promotions like your Rev Pro your, your Progress and stuff like that and then slowly then becomes stuff like okay do US de- debut and then it was like those goals become bigger because your your wrestling yeah. status has got bigger anyway so I wouldn't have turned and said like, okay my end goal is to work yeah. at New Japan because like, yeah, yeah. slog that would be literally that would slog, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly where there's the little mini goals as you said spot yeah. on yeah <laughs> but like so you made the decision uh, like yeah. this would have been 2013 that you were and it was generally again because we all had it especially I think when sometimes when personal life yeah it's two ways isn't it it's like sometimes personal life can be a certain one and if wrestling's going really good wrestling can be that escape yeah. whereas if personal life isn't going good and then wrestling also isn't escape, yeah. it also then becomes something that's just getting in the way yeah Hundred percent, and I started my dieting as well around that. Uh, so how heavy would you have been at this point? And my biggest point, well, before I, I remember the date I started dieting was March the twenty seventh, twenty thirteen. Okay, that's when I started dieting, and that was about a week after my and, friend saying, um, "Um, I don't want to carry a coffin," and that that hit me. I was like, "Had your mum passed at this point?" No, or? she was still around. Like I started dieting, and at my biggest, I was thirty stone. Which is four hundred and twenty pounds. This puts it into perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, probably roughly three of me. Okay, big boy. Three of me. Three of you. Yeah. So that was me at my biggest, and I don't, you, you don't realize these things until you actually do it, and you somebody saying that like seriously, like you're getting really big now. Like I don't want you. Like, he was like, I'm just thinking about you. I don't want you to die. Like, and I was like fuck I'm only 22 at this point and he's saying look I don't want you to die and I went like so I was at, he's like come with me to the gym we'll start we'll start doing it and I remember being on my very first gym session sweating blowing out my ass, and the only thing I did was walking at pace on no incline on the treadmill we before you said this mm-hmm. did you think you were that big I was in denial I was like oh, I'll just lose the weight eventually I was in denial. Like, I knew I was big, but I didn't realise just how big until you look back. A moment. 100%, like, with my diet. And I got down to about, I got down to about 24 stone um, through dieting and exercise. And I used to go into the gym like four times a week. And this is during the time when I was taking my mum to chemo and stuff like that. And I'd given up work. And I was, that was the, that was my only outlet. So I knew that during the day. So were you like, you were a full-time carer? I was full-time carer with my brother. So like, I, Thank, like I'm quite fortunate in the fact that I, I wasn't alone because it would have been a lot harder if I wasn't alone. But I had my brother there as well, and he was he was superb. Like with there as well. Like at the time we, because we lived together, me and my brother, we we're very polar opposite. If you ever met my brother, you you'd, you'd see like we're complete polar opposite personality wise. Whereas I'm quite outgoing and like kind of loud and like want to talk and have fun and stuff like that. My brother's quite reserved and quite quiet, kind of shies away from stuff like that. But during that time things got really tense between him and me but we'd always be there for mum always 100% but then when she wasn't there me and him would argue constantly argue um, but yeah um, but I was losing the weight in that time scale and I got down to about 24 stone which is ridiculous 6 stone is six, yeah I lost 6 stone in the space of, so I'm just trying to remember my date so, so March 2013 started dieting and, and this all- was just 
treadmill yeah. walking treadmill just... walking and it eventually go up to hill sprints and stuff like that. and then I go for like walks up hills and stuff like that and just anything really swimming and you would just you would just leave a puddle of sweat oh every... it was disgusting it was vile it's like I'd been stepped in a shower um, <laughs> but yeah then August 2013 is when my mum was diagnosed and then we gave I gave up work um, and I was still dieting and then during that time scale like, I, my mum started she got slightly better but I think that was just the case because she wasn't on chemo anymore. Um, and I, in that time for I put some weight back on. I got up to back up to 26 and a half stone. And it got to the point where I realised that I asked my mum's oncologist about her prognosis. And I remember thinking, I kind of need to know. Like, I got to the point where I was burying my head so much in the sand that I was like, no, I need to know. And he went, she's probably got about six months. And I was like, oh, great. But, but cool. before that, you just thought, oh, she'll get better. She'll yeah, get, 100%. Get... Because I didn't ask. Like, at the time, like I said, it's stage three, which is quite advanced. It goes to stage four, um, which is what she was when she did pass away. Because I eventually got to the point where I had... I, she had critical life insurance, and she gave us our inheritance. She said, you can do what you want with it. Like, if you want to buy a house, go buy a house. And I said to her, how would you feel if I had weight loss surgery? And she went... You do what you want it's, it's your money like you can go and do what you want with it I don't care if you wanted to go and spend it all on shoes I mean I did spend some of it on shoes <laughs> did, but, um, you do have a lot of I shoes uh, do you know before I moved to Wolverhampton I had so many oh man it's, it's a good collection I'm not gonna lie yeah, um, but she, it got to the point where um, she thought you do, do what you want and I said I had that realisation that when my mum when I knew she was terminal because I'm an emotional eater I knew I was going to I was going to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eventually I, I knew you'd made that connection with yourself You'd yeah gone. I had that self-realisation if I could click my fingers on but I can't there Thanks. we go thank you Flash um, I had that self-realisation where I knew that I had to do something about it and then it, she was off her chemo at that point and I had my surgery I had a gastric sleeve which is slightly more than a gastric band a lot of people tend to think I had a gastric band gastric bands are temporary so you can have them removed but I didn't want I didn't want something that could get dislodged because if I ever decided to go back to wrestling, I didn't want to take a bump or take a kick to the stomach and it get dislodged. I'm like, oh shit, I can't. I'm in an amount, good amount of pain. I know I need to something more permanent. So I had a gastric sleeve surgery in August 2014. Now, what is a gastric sleeve for anyone who know what that is? All right, a gastric sleeve is what they do is the stomach is like a pouch and it's like a bag. And so imagine, well, imagine a carrier bag. A okay. carrier bag. So when you're bigger naturally the stomach is bigger yes of course it's, it grows it grows because the amount of stuff that you're putting in it and eventually it, it distends over time so what they do is they cut 75 percent of the stomach away to make it more streamlined okay so food sits in your stomach a lot less you can't eat as much so even now three years later um i can't like down a pint or something like that like I can't drink too quickly so if I'm ever really really thirsty I can't drink a bottle of water super super quickly oh really so otherwise I'll be sick I'll just throw it back up again because your stomach just is really small can't, it can't bring it in it okay. literally can't bring it back in so you have to take your time um, but they cut 75% of the stomach away and it just I'm just like you've said it and I'm sorry to interrupt like you said it and I'm, in my head I was like okay there's the there's the, yeah. the bag and we cut and it, my head just went and we, cut, and we cut it off but then as you said the second time you said 75%. Yeah. So literally, they're only leaving you with quarter of your stomach. Yeah. They said it was the size of a teacup. Holy Christ. So 
yeah the, so, so it was the size of a teacup and i had to do after that i had to eat pureed food for six weeks as well pureed food so i ate baby food for six weeks and it's, soup and soup it was disgusting it was so like bad. in my head you thought i was like you could have soup and you could dip yeah. your bread in the soup and i was like no, no, no you can't that's the thing i, I not, even now i can't eat and drink at the same time because if i'm eating food I'm, I need to make sure I'm getting enough protein in because I don't absorb protein well. Okay. Because it doesn't spend enough time in my system. Okay. So I have to, I can't fill up on fluids because I have to make sure I'm getting the food in. But it means I can eat more, just less. So it's kind of allowed me that kind of control a little okay. bit. Um, Do you ever find yourself you're dehydrated? No, like I got to the point where... Well, I, well, I how still... long after a meal would you have to wait before you can drink? Um... 20 minutes okay so it's nothing too substantial but I don't I don't eat and drink at the same time it's a really odd thing so when people say oh do you want something to drink I'm like no I'm okay like even in restaurants they find it weird oh yeah mm. restaurants are the worst for me to go to because because I, I can't eat a lot they tend to think I don't like the meal because there's so much left over have you ever thought of like ordering from the kids menu yeah but what I t- see this is what I do so if I ever go to Toby Carberry like I'm vegetarian now but at the time what I do is I would take Tupperware with me so I'd fill my plate and I'd happily eat what I needed and then I'd pour the rest in Tupperware I, I just think that you're I a told, genius I told Dave Mastiff this and he went you are a legend <laughs> I feel I feel like you literally are the smartest man in the history of the world so yeah I take, I take Tupperware and I I get maybe about two more meals out of that but yeah but I think that's genius that so do you, do you do that when you go to other restaurants too do you take yeah I tend to like keep some Tupperware in and around <laughs> <Yeah. me. laughs> cool like a, yeah I keep some Tupperware in and around me but yeah no it's tends to what I tend to do when I go to restaurants I will yeah or I have something small I'll have an appetizer like if we go to Nando's I'll have the red pepper dip because it's amazing right. they don't sell it in the, I really wish they sell it in the supermarket because I'd eat that by the bucket full just spoon feed it in it's so good so do you just do you just steal lots of that when you go to Nando's oh just keep that oh, I wish I wish I could see <laughs> just put a load in there just want to take a minute from our conversation this week to chat to you about our sponsors MerchBritannia.com MerchBritannia is the on-demand merchandising service for the British wrestling scene more than just another wrestling t-shirt store they offer photo shoots graphic designs and on-demand 8x10 prints badges and of course t-shirts all sent direct to the fans if you're a wrestler, they give you competitive rates. And even better, if you sign up this week, they give you your first t-shirt design absolutely free. I trust Jim and the rest of the team over at Merch Britannia so much, I've brought them on as my permanent sponsor and give them all exclusive rights to all my wrestling friends' t-shirts. So if you're a wrestler looking to sell a range of wrestling merchandise or a fan looking for the newest bit of clobber, head over to MerchBritannia.com. Thanks, Merch Britannia. You've tore it apart yeah where were we we were 75% of your stomach had just been removed yeah okay you yeah. food so I remember going away before um, my surgery was it like a like I know like I know they've removed 75% you're like but mm-hmm. you waking up pain when you woke up oh I felt like I've been kicked like, I felt like I've been kicked by Zack Sabre Jr I, I'm oh, sure you know yeah, what that I feels do know like. what that feels like I've never been kicked by Zack Sabre Jr but every person I speak to say you, you, you feel it you feel it but yeah I felt horrible and I woke up and they, the nurses kept coming in checking on me are you okay are you okay and like have you been for a wee and I'm like no not yet I'm, I can't move and they were like oh, okay well, well we'll keep checking and every hour they come in have you been for a wee yet 
I'm like, no, I've not been for a wee. Like, they're like, okay, well, if you've not been for a wee in the next hour, we're going to have to put a catheter in. And I went, I'm going to do my best to go Why? for a wee. Because oh, of the retention. So you, you have to, they have to make sure like everything's working and oh, okay. like, normal, normal stuff like that. And I remember as soon as they said, oh, we'll put a catheter in, because obviously that goes, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'll just try it. And I remember sitting up on the edge of my bed and like, I'm not having a catheter. I'm not having a catheter. It felt so painful and I'm not having a catheter. And eventually I did go for a wee. Ah, oh, thank I know. Thank I was too for, uh, my listeners, tooth and nail there. <sighs> yeah, no, it's, I did not want that at all. No, I'm very glad I avoided that situation. Um, but I remember waking up in that thing and then I fortunately like I've developed like really good friendships in my time in wrestling like, I'm still really good friends with like Gideon Gordon and Yeston Reese and they came and saw me in the hospital um, the Haskins came and they brought Jack with them at mm-hmm. the time like Lily wasn't born yet but that was amazing but then even when I woke up my mum came and saw me and this is I knew I'd been away for a week before my surgery and I came back and um, even on the anaesthesia I knew something was wrong. Okay, but I couldn't. Pray, I couldn't say anything because I was, I was in and out of sleep. I just slept constantly in that room. And I remember me, my, my mum left the room, and I spoke to my brother, and she's like, she started forgetting things, or she couldn't finish her sentence. So she starts saying something, and then all of a sudden she look at you, okay, as if you kind of like wanted to finish it off. Yeah, and then that's when we had to go back, and that's when we realised that the 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 lung cancer had metastasized to her brain. Oh, okay. so she was stage. She then went stage four. And that's when they said, okay, she's not got long. Um, and to be, like they said, that she probably last, at this point, maybe a few more, like most few more months, but she ended up going for another four months. Okay. And eventually she went to a nursing home and like, this is when we realised that we couldn't look after her in the house. It wasn't very practical. So me and my brother were having to like lift her in and out of the bath and our bathroom at the time was tiny. I mean, I know your listeners can't see, but... It, like a tiny alcove the room I can um, I can I can very much imagine uh, how small it was like a corner so council house I'm guessing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I can my imagine mom, them my mum was a bigger lady anyway so it was difficult and she because she couldn't she lost control of the left side of her body as well so she had to like we'd have to wake up in the middle of the night and help her get onto her commode next to her bed yeah so we were like full-time carers and it got to the point where she started having seizures and she had to be in and out of hospital and I remember sitting with my brother and went we can't do this anymore like it's not that we don't want to and we can't it's just our house isn't practical enough for us to do this and he was like okay I understand was it you that made that decision I said to him we can't like I said to my brother think about it I gave him like we need we need to be serious here like think about it seriously and he did and my brother was like were you still recovering from the surgery at this point I was probably about four months out so I started to lose my weight and my main thing that I was doing is going to the gym during like a couple of hours a day and my brother would look after my mum during that point and that was my main thing that I was doing that looking after my mum so I got down to about unfortunately at the time she died I got down to about 20 stone so I'd lost six and a half stone in four months but she'd she'd seen you on this this yeah journey. she'd see me she'd see me lose she got saw me get down to 20 stone and she so she was I had my surgery on August 2014 and then she passed away New Year's Day like New Year's even to New Year's Day on 2014 to 15 but she saw me at that point there um, but she saw me on the, the weight loss I can only imagine how like to see you, you at 30 stone and see you come down I can only imagine how proud she would have been like see you dropping that yeah. weight and stuff like that yeah she like she even like one of the things she reminded me of like came with my Facebook memories is um, 
she offered to pay for a gastric sleeve, not a gastric sleeve, gastric band when I was 16. But because I wanted to wrestle, I said no. Because I didn't want it to get dislodged or anything like that. And then she was like, I guess that's why she would have been like, that's, when I said that's what I wanted to use my savings on, she was like, yeah, do that. But I can imagine like she'd be, it'd be weird. Like the, yeah. 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 So she, uh, so when did she actually pass? She passed away when I, well, it, it's really messed up. Like I can't, it sounds really sad, but I can't enjoy Christmas or New Year. Like most people don't like Christmas or New Year or anything for various reasons. But Christmas Day was the last time my mum said I love you. Okay. Because she forgot who she, who me and my brother were. Or she could, like you could see maybe there was recognition, but she couldn't com- communicate it into words. And then she passed away New Year's Eve into New Year's Day of that time. Um, so I don't tend to do a lot in that time because my brother is the opposite. He can't sell he gets down around her birthday. And I get down around Christmas and New Year's. Um, but that's when she passed away. Are you going home for Christmas and New Year's, or are you? No, so Christmas and New Year's now. I tend, well, I say home. Like I go and spend spend it with the Haskins. Like I go to Mark and Vicky's. That's nice. So I'm I'm there. So that's where I spend my Christmas because they're my family. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she passed away, and I was still losing my weight. And then I tried to, in the meantime, whilst she was going through her treatment and we were looking after her. I was making like videos and little video blogs yes I know just to give me something because in my head I had the thing that if I do go back to wrestling I need to have something to go about me and something to draw on so this was always in your mind it was yeah, always like, it, was, like, it was, was always a bit like I'm going to come back to this I was always going to come back to wrestling always like I said I'm never going to do it I'm never going to do it to, to the boys because I just thought I just didn't want to but I always kind of kept my eye on things and I saw how things were going with like progress and I saw like Mark having fun and people getting dates abroad and like houses going up and people saying this is so much fun um, but in my head I needed to build something back up and that's why I was doing my video blogs and stuff like that and I got down to my lowest weight and my lowest weight that I got down so I was 30 stone at my biggest and I got down to 14 stone one holy Christ mate that's so impressive that's ridiculous so like you were half the size I was, yeah I remember over half the size like half the size I remember doing like was that a goal of, was that like I'm going to get 15 I wanted to get to 185 pounds because that's what Haskins weighed <laughs> so at uh, one point and I said I'm going to weigh the same as you and that's what I got down to and I couldn't quite get it because of my height and because of my excess skin which unfortunately I have a bit of um, it was my surgeon was like it's not feasible for you to get down any lower than that and at 14 stone one I was gaunt like my you said my jawline is like a sharp jawline but I had like the cheekbones and I was like fully like blue steel the whole time <laughs> because I couldn't that was just my face but now I'm comfortable I realise that I can get down to that weight but I'm comfortable in and around 15 and a half 16 that's good which is what I am at the moment you're quite now. tall so yeah so I'm comfortable in that and then if I do decide to have the surgery on my excess skin then I know that, that there's more weight that comes there and then I just realised well, I got to the point where I realised weight isn't everything like to look at because of the, my proportions now I go by clothes clothes is the better fit for me and then I know oh, well, I'm a 34 inch waist because my biggest was 54 inch <sighs> so now I'm, I'm a 34 inch waist and I can wear those we yeah. used to be 30 stone and 54 inches yeah 54 inches yeah so but yeah, like I go by stuff like that. But so with the wrestling, I always knew that I was going to go back to it eventually. Um, and then a lot of other stuff happened in my personal life. Like with, like at one point, I was engaged, which didn't work out. Um, How long were you engaged? Um, 
We were together, like, this is stupid. Like, I don't recommend anyone do this. But, um, <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be great. Yeah, I feel like this is, so, this is where the, this is the turning point of the podcast, I feel. This is, yes, the turning point. So I, I met this girl through Tinder, as you do, because it's a modern world. Um, I went away for two months. I went traveling. Met her when I came back. What year was this? This was tw- this is after my mum passed away, so the summer after, so 2015. How heavy were you at this point? I got down. I was I was looking good. Like, you got, were looking. Yeah. I was looking. I was looking. I was tanning as well. So oh, I, looked, I was had my teeth whitened a few times. So I was looking. I was looking all right. Yeah. So I got down. I was about 14 stone at this point. Um, went to America, came back. Uh, I met this girl, and then within five months, I was engaged. Um, and she'd moved in as well. I asked the fire alarm. Pause it because the uh, the fire alarm was yes, the most excruciating. Someone in White House too can't cook, so, so that's what it is. Um, no, so I went to America and I came out and met this girl. Got engaged um, within five months. She moved in within three months. Um, don't recommend anyone do. Was that. this? Do you reckon that? Like, did you have many girlfriends before the weight loss? No, no, I didn't like not many like proper girlfriends. But this this is probably my first proper adult relationship when I was probably about twenty five. So first proper like love yeah yeah I'd say that yeah yeah, okay, yeah. So it's understandable I guess. yeah so eventually like we moved like I don't want to go into deep, like too much detail about it because it's not really relevant to me anymore but um I moved down to Hertfordshire and I knew I was not over the rest and then I started thinking oh maybe I can go back and start looking at training so I looked at going down to Projo a few times yep I did some stuff down at Projo and then what really changed it for me is like me and my ex we split up and I went and kind of like not soul searched but like realised what I thought what do I want to do I was at uni at this point in my first year of uni um, studying radiotherapy um, and then I knew I wanted to go back to wrestling um, so I did some stuff at Projo and I went to Super Strong Style the one just gone 2017 that might generally might That's have been the first, first time we had a proper conversation proper conversation the Super Strong Style and I was like oh there's um because obviously like your friends with like Haskins and like they'll talk about you and and, and I'd be watching I'd be watching the videos I'd be watching the yeah, uh, the you said this, stuff you said this to me that you show your missus yeah I do like, you show those videos yeah. and you should, was it your missus's mum yeah as well yeah and she, oh, every time she sees it she goes he's such a handsome boy uh, is she single <laughs> no <laughs> no uh, um, no uh, but yeah so I went to Super Strong Style I went to night one and night three um and I saw it and I saw how much fun everyone was having like everyone just appeared there and it's the shows were incredible like absolutely incredible like you see people like and you see how much fun Mark was having and like and I was like I want this and you know as well that he's somebody at one point was completely out hated, hated wrestling Mark hated wrestling at one point we've had absolutely this conversation loathed it this is um, Mark Haskins for anyone who's listening yeah so I've known Mark for about roughly like nine years and the reason like I, I guess a lot of my key life decisions have been the result after I've had a car crash <laughs> okay yeah so I did super strong start like this is the, I'll read it this way so Mark and Vicky Haskins are really key people in my life because they're my main support network so if I only have any issues like I always go to them and I'm sure they get sick of it but they say nah. they don't. They say they don't. But I've, I've, if I go to Vicky, like I messaged Vicky earlier today, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing Flash's podcast. I'm like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I went, okay. Well, I'm still shitting a brick. But, um, but I, the reason they got together is because I had a car crash that day, 
and I was hanging around with Mark and Vicky separately and I sent a message to Vicky oh I'm on my way I've just had a car crash nothing major like I'm fine I'll be there shortly and she went okay cool like see you when you get here and then Mark's like I had a car crash like, oh my god dude are you okay are <laughs> that's you fine really, that's a really good Mark Haskins impression <laughs> dude are you fine I'm like yeah I'm okay I'm alright like are you sure I'm like yeah I'm fine because bless him he's so he's he's a very nice man he's, he's the most intense Kieran I've ever met the hug on him Jesus is so if you ever get hugged by oh, him it's like being hugged by a brick wall but no. it's, it's comforting um, but he was like, are you okay? You okay? Yeah, I'm just, I'm fine. I'm just going to hang out with Vicky, like in Melbourne. I was like, oh, cool. So what are you, oh, okay. I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. Oh, do you want to come up? And he come up and, and then they got married and had two, children. Two little kids later. Cause I had a car crash. But I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying, I'm sorry, Progress fans, but all the stuff that's happening at the moment is my fault. Just saying. <laughs> no, um, no, yeah. So that, and then what was key here so I was doing my stuff at Projo wasn't going a lot because I couldn't do it because of uni and I was on placement a lot of the time and then I had my car crash again and then it put my car insurance up I was like fuck I can't afford this I'm a student and then I realised I spoke to Mark about it and I was like where was the best place to train and Mark was like Fight Club Pro I said what's the I said to him like what's the most similar training that you had at Fight Club Pro and I went okay I'm going to move to Wolverhampton so I did like, and I'm, I, I applied to switch unis in just gone so in uh, July just gone this year 2017 switched unis and now um, Birmingham City and third year no second year second year second year and so I'm here because of car crashes essentially yeah they make they are my key turning points I promise I'm a good driver Pete let me drive you to shows I'm okay no it's no, not happening is it I do the driving you do the driving no um yeah so I've come here so I said come to Fight for Pro and like Mark was a bit hesitant he said I remember you going to a session like I went down to one when Projo were in Brixton no North somewhere in North London at the time and Ball was taking the session and I took somebody gave me a magistral and I like didn't given enough momentum so it crunched my neck and I remember speaking to Mark like, well maybe it's not for me and he remembered that conversation and then he said are you sure that this is what you want to do because I remember you saying that this com- this isn't for you anymore and I went no 100% I said remember how you were I think he was like 18, 19 and I said you just left your parents house moved down to Portsmouth so you can dedicate yourself to wrestling this is my equivalent and he kind of understood from that point and he was like okay cool go do it go do it so here I am in Wolverhampton training under Martin Zaki and Travis Banks and training three times a week and trying my utmost to do something a little bit more have something not notoriety what's the word I'm looking for just something with make a name for yourself yeah essentially just make a name for myself and I feel like when I was moving as well I was speaking to Haskins about like characters and stuff like that and I had this idea of doing like some sort of like Patrick Bateman American Psycho type thing not necessarily of slashing people to death, but with um, narcissism and like trying to roll up that. And he was just like, dude, that's not you. Just be you. Just be you. The character will come like eventually. And I went, okay, fair enough. So that's why I'm using my own name. Admittedly reversing it. <laughs> sure, Michael's did it, don't we? Fraser Thomas instead of my real name, Tom Fraser. But yeah, so when I've, um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I've set everything up now. Set up emails and stuff and... Yeah. How's the training going? It's tough. 
Travis Banks is a drill sergeant. Yes. I wouldn't have it any other way. My favourite thing is to watch you guys do the drills and watch Travis's face yeah. as he does it. That's one of my favourite things. You can just see the cogs ticking that I can think of a progression to make this even harder. Yep. And that's what I want. That is 100% what I want. I don't want... I want to do it as a result of hard work. Like, doing stuff that I can do now. Like, doing simple things like doing bandaras in and out of the ring that like I couldn't do before. Like, when I did my first even up and over thing, like, out the corner, I was so made up that I could do it because I didn't think I'd ever be able to do that. Or doing a leap instead of a uh, bypass. Simple things like that give me such joy because I can never do that. And it's just because he's a great trainer and they've got yeah. a good support network there as well. Absolutely. Like, the people that are coming out are like people like Amari and especially like Millie. Millie's going to be incredible. She's For somebody that's 17, she's going to be so good. She is. She is going to be so good. Um, but yeah, I'm just here trying to train as much as I can and hopefully looking to be on shows at some point soon um, yeah do you have a date in mind? yeah I'm not I'm not like the thing like I listen to MK's podcast and I'm like his one was once to be at the end of the year ideally I want to be on shows hopefully within the new year like maybe like February time first three months first three months of the year to get there because I need to kind of like develop me a bit more learning how to work in a completely different style that's the thing I have a basis of how to do matches and match structures um, it's just learning new moves to do that stuff like that and yeah um, just getting ready really prepared for it and I'm so I can't tell you how super excited I am to be on shows like to actually like debut like again as a different person as somebody like more me as opposed to me trying to be a big fat angry bad guy because it's just not me like you even said it like it's just not me well, it's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is because you had the the piece done, of course, which I will link as well when I do this hmm. to uh, done by Bozza. Yeah, Kirsty. Kirsty is it Kirsty Bozza? Is it Kirsty just... Bosley? Bosley. Calls the Bozzas. But like, it's a real great piece. Mm. Uh, uh, in that piece as well, of course, we have the comparison photos to how big you were, mm. and you also have the link to the videos as well, yeah. showing this, uh, showing the weight loss, which is great. So again, I'll link that. Uh, probably is a drop down tweet underneath the original so keep your eyes up for that yeah. um, but that's another reason why I wanted to come because you said at the start you were like oh, people want to know who I am and I feel that it's not about doing a podcast this week about with somebody who everyone knows yeah. and everyone wants to know the story of I like to throw these curveballs in there again and mm. I like to give the chance for people that people won't exactly know yeah. but I feel that they should get to know yeah. Because I feel that there's big things coming with somebody that I feel of, in the sense like I had Big Dog on a yeah. couple a couple uh, episodes ago, and I know people wouldn't know who Big Dog was, but yeah. he's somebody who's shaped my wrestling yeah. and shaped my career. So I somebody I want to give a voice to. I'm also going to get Mean Tommy Dean on oh, because wow. yeah, they and like and this is somebody that a lot of people will have no idea who he is. You that will be like people might not have any a clue who Mean Tommy Dean is, but that will be people's favorite podcast afterwards because he's completely insane. He is at like James Mason yeah. is like is said. To me that like yeah. he might refuse to do my podcast until mm-hmm. I get me and Tommy Dean on the podcast. But I agree with this. But Please again, these these are these are people who people maybe won't know, yeah. but they have a story to tell. Yeah. And they are somebody who's either shaped me as a person or somebody that 
in Tommy Deem's case, is completely and utterly mm-hmm. bizarre. I will never meet anyone else like him no. because of wrestling. Whereas you, you're somebody that in the next three months, people will be introduced to. Yeah. And I don't want them to be introduced to you and be like, oh, that Fraser Thomas is good. Yeah. I want them to see your first match and know the story and the journey that you've been on yeah. before you... That's, kinda, yeah, that's why I did the videos and stuff like that. And why I'm trying to learn how to make videos now because I'm going to try and release something, hopefully, just to add something to that and further build it more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super, super excited. <laughs> you sound it. Genuinely, yeah, I know, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> no, yeah, I genuinely am. I'm really looking forward to it because there's so many people that are so good now on the scene and in and around the scene that I want to wrestle. And I think, oh, I really, really want to wrestle these people and I want to wrestle in these places and I want to wrestle in these venues. I'm so jealous that people wrestled at Ali Pali like so jealous like, I was super happy for everyone but I was just like oh I wish I could have done it I'm jealous of people wrestle Brixton Mitz so it's all yeah. sort of fun alright so like, hopefully I can do these things I really want to wrestle Mark really do so badly so eventually that's that's my that's one of my goals is to oh, that's Mark. a good that's a good goal yeah that's a really good goal uh, what's next I know you've got the matches coming up anything else big coming up or anything you plan on doing or Plan on doing. Um, I don't know really. Genuinely, don't know. Like I've just taken everything as it comes. Like this, I didn't expect to do this so soon. Like it sounds pretty arrogant saying that, but I knew you were going to do it eventually. I knew you were going to slide in my DMs and (laughs) do your story. Um, But my ultimate goal was to eventually do this at some point down the line with you. Like at one point, but I'm never going to say, "Hey, let's do this." Well, I I've also as well started thinking. uh, bookends I've also started thinking about so um, I did a podcast with Haskins while yeah. he was injured Yeah, we spoke about that I will no doubt come back to Haskins yeah. in a year's time when he's done the full turn um, I got uh, Travis Banks on before he blew up yeah. Travis definitely wants to do the return and we'll talk about the whole year or whatever yeah. Pete Dunn it only just become the bruiserweight when I had he, Pete on has he done he, anything he hasn't since? Exactly, <laughs> exactly and Eddie Dennis I did it with Eddie, Eddie just Dennis, as he yeah. became a full time wrestler yeah. I want to return to that in a year 18 months and then turn and say okay what's happened there so this again is not just an introduction for mm. people but I also want to be able in a year 18 months two years yeah. time do another podcast with you yeah. and we get to be able to see where the journey is the journey is unfolded let's hope it's a good one I'm sure it will be I'm, this has I'm been massively great. like I'm one of the most it sounds really like both would say but I'm a super determined person and I, if I set myself a goal, I'm going to do it. Like, I will do it. Like, I want to do the Fight Club Pros. I want to do the Progresses. I want to do the ICWs, the OTTs, the Rev Pros. All these, I want to do them. And I'm going to do it. I have no doubt in my mind that you will. I will do it. This is, you're somebody that, as I said, we're introducing you now, but I think it's somebody that hopefully in the next 18 months, everyone will know the name. Gold Dust. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser Thomas. Yeah. Uh, if you were to give your former self any oh, advice, wow. this is going to be crazy. Yep. Or if you were to give anyone advice coming to the business now, what would it be? Um, if I was to give myself former advice, I would say put the pizza down. Okay. Yep, money. Um, no, um, I guess one of the things that I do now is I try and do as much as I can in and around wrestling. I'm not ready, personally, I feel, to be on shows. Um like properly because I, I want to give a best representation of myself when I do finally make my show like my re-debut as it were um, and I want to make sure the match I have is good enough 
so at the moment I'm doing stuff with Down at Attack where I'm helping them G-Man like record the shows themselves and I'm learning a lot from doing that because I can see what he wants for the on-demand style of things and I feel like it's really imperative that people do stuff like it's the standard thing of go like help with the ring help with the setup but mine's a little bit more different like I wanted to learn how to do camera work and I now want to learn how to edit like was it you that was telling me about Bino that was wanting to he's trying to figure out how to do his own entrance music that's crazy because like, he knows everything's going to end up being copyrighted and he wants to yeah, do it do your own entrance music that's what I want but like, even now I'm I'm emailing bands that I like and saying how, is, how easy is it to get a license in for some yeah. of that because I know how imperative that's going to be especially the way British wrestling is going at the moment it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger so I want that and I guess the main advice is just be nice to people it's really easy to be nice it takes more energy to be a dickhead. Oh, it does. Just be nice. Just be nice. And if somebody does something of worth and merit, just say, do you know what you did there? It was really good. I feel as well that because you are one of the nicest guys, that I think this goes for everybody. I think when you're a nice person as well, people want to help you. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I just, I believe in good karma. Like I said, I believe in karma. Like you put, you put good things into the world and good things come back. But that's only because if you think about it, if you break it down, if you do nice things, for some other people they're going to do the nice things for you so it's just it's just being nice and just working hard and just knowing when to shut up and when to listen it's just really generic advice that I'm giving no it's good though but um, but yeah it's just it's work hard and try and learn as much as you can in and around actually wrestling as well like wrestling is key to do that but if you can learn what the cameraman wants from you if you can learn what the photographers want from you if you can learn what the promoter wants from you, if you can learn what the crowd, when they see you for the first time, what they think, oh, this guy, this is what kind of what I expect. Like, learning stuff like that, and, yeah, and enjoy every single moment of it, because I will document everything, because I've got terrible memory. <laughs> like, when it comes to stuff like that, you know, stuff like I did do. Yeah, but, like, just enjoy everything. Enjoy every moment of it. Like, I miss the car rides in wrestling. They're my favourite times with the road trips that's the thing I missed the most it wasn't actually the wrestling it was spending time with my friends yeah, my wrestling friends your wrestling friends my wrestling friends I think that's a good place to uh, end it where yeah. can they find you on the internet then? Uh, on the internet um, my you I don't know YouTube um, my Facebook I don't know why to say that Oh my Facebook. All right, my Twitter is underscore Fraser Thomas. That's Fraser with no so I. It's underscore Fraser. Underscore Fraser Thomas, no I with an S underscore. Okay. Instagram underscore Fraser Thomas underscore because people steal my name. And I do have an email address as well. I set one up specifically and I was going to say it on this. But for bookings and stuff like that, if people think, shit, this is a good story and they think this would be a good guy to bring in. When I'm ready, my email address is FraserThomasPro at gmail.com. That's brilliant. Yeah. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to doing the return in 18 months' time. Me too, man. Thank you very much. See you later, Flash. In a bit. How good was that? As I said, you'd absolutely love that episode there's moments as well where especially when we're talking about his mum his mum's past and I felt that there was moments where uh, you could hear in his voice he was getting quite emotional and I, I know it was hard for him to tell that story it was hard for me to see the pain in his eyes and uh, the look on his face as well while he was telling me the story but I'm glad that he was able to share that with me and as I said to you as well he's not somebody that everyone will know but it's a story I feel that everyone should know I feel it's a story everyone should get to know 
So uh, especially when he debuts and they can see his full linear of what it really took for him to get back in that ring. He'll probably make his Fight Club Pro debut at some point next year. And I hope that everybody follows that journey up until that point. Uh, looks back at the journey he's already made. And they really support when it comes to that. It's it's uh, He's had to overcome so much in his life. Not just with the weight loss. Which is incredible. The fact that he now weighs half the weight he did. A 30 stone man down to 15. I can only imagine the struggle that that was. And then of course then having to care for his mum. And unfortunately as well. Having to uh, experience the death of his mother. Which again... Some people don't come back from that. The fact he is, and the fact he's so positive, and he's he's so lovely, and he's he's such a lovely guy. It's it's a great it's a great story. It's a great uplifting story. It's got sad parts, but it's it's real good. And he's a real strong guy, and I have no doubt that uh, he's going to do some great great things. And he's got himself uh, he's got himself those goals, and I can see him ticking them off one by one in the next couple of months, years, whatever. So yeah, big thanks to Fraser Thomas coming on the show. And I look forward to seeing where the journey goes. And uh, hopefully I'll catch you back in about 18 months. And you get to tell me about all the fun you've been having. So yeah, big thanks mate. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, review. Say at the start, say at the end, say at the middle, say whatever. But as I said, it does open me up to new listeners. So please be sure to rate, subscribe, review wherever you get your podcast from. If you do want to support us, you can do that, of course, by heading over to MerchBritannia.com and checking those out. New wrestler, maybe need some merch, go to MerchBritannia.com. Need some photos? MerchBritannia.com. Maybe you're looking for some of the best kit from British wrestlers that don't sell their own merchandise. British wrestling is on fire right now and you want to be a part of it. So yeah, MerchBritannia.com. Of course, if you do want to check out any of my new t-shirts, any of my new 8x10s, all that can be done at MogulWebs.BigCartel.com. But I do say that I understand that maybe you can't afford to give anything, but uh, maybe you've enjoyed the story with uh, Fraser Thomas and maybe you want to give him some support. Definitely go follow him on Twitter and do it that way. And also give us a shout out on the social media. I'm at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I am Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan website on the Facebook. I am at Flash Morgan website on the Instagram. I love seeing those Instagram stories when people tell me they're listening to the podcast. Of course, if you want to send me a cheeky little email, tell me how much you're enjoying the show. Or maybe you want to book me for an upcoming gig seminar. Or maybe you want to sponsor the Wrestling Friends podcast. All that can be done. Flashmorgan at live.co.uk. Again, that email is flashmorgan at live.co.uk. So I guess that probably wraps up another show. These intros and outros probably get shorter every week because I just feel that uh, I'm getting probably quicker. It's doing them, maybe. I'm not waffling on as much. But I also feel that uh, a lot of you come for the conversation. These little bits in and out give a chance for me to chat to you a little bit. But it's not exactly why you guys tune in. So, yeah, I think that really sums it up. Big thanks to uh, Fraser Thomas for coming on the show. I love the fact he got to tell his story. I love the fact that uh, a lot of you are going to be introduced to him over the next couple of months. Big thanks to MerchBritannia.com, as always, for being our sponsors. Great, guys. And a big thanks to you guys for listening. Say it all the time. But if it wasn't for you guys, and I forget sometimes that I do get to speak to you every single week for like an hour every single week. But uh, if it wasn't for you guys, this podcast wouldn't exist. So, yeah, big thanks to you guys. All left to say, really, is I've been Flash Morgan Webster. This has been Wrestling Friends. And it's always a pleasure, always a treasure. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. Later, people. 